Amen. So the Lord um, gave me a burden about teaching this class several months ago, um, and I kind of brushed it off a bit, and then little by little, he kept sending me people that confirmed and sort of prodded me in this direction. So um, I'm really thankful that Pastor has this vision this year to do these split classes. I think they're going to be phenomenal. I'm really excited about it. Um, hopefully you're excited about it. Um, I think God is going to do great things. Um, amen? Amen. So I feel that Bible study is so important. It's so important, but at the same time, I really think it's a a very overlooked and misunderstood topic in the church today. Um, I think many people in the church read their Bible occasionally, maybe even regularly, um, but don't fully understand what they're reading. Um, and so the purpose of this class, very simply, is just going to be to help increase your understanding of the Word. It's that simple. Increase your understanding of the word. Amen. My goal is that after these four weeks, when you open up your Bible, whether it's a physical copy or maybe it's an electronic copy that you have on your phone or your tablet, I want to make sure that you actually understand what it is the Lord is speaking to you. Um, I want to help you not only grasp the importance of studying the Bible and not just reading the Bible, um, but I also want to equip you with some very easy, cheap, practical tools and resources that you can use that help you, that are going to help you capture the true meaning and intent of Scripture. Amen? Amen. Now, I will give you um, a warning right off the bat that this class likely will challenge some long-held beliefs or opinions that you have about Scripture and about Bible study. Um, some of the habits or just things that you believe about the Bible and about translation and things like that. There's a very good chance that some of the things that I say may go against what you've believed for a really long time. Um, but I truly think that if you're willing to open up your hearts and your minds to what I'm going to be teaching you over the next four weeks, it can be an absolute turning point in your relationship with God. Um, so that's the biggest thing. If you approach this with an open mind, I really think that um, God can teach you and lead you um, in a very cool way that I, I'll be excited to see. Um, bear with me. As you can probably tell, my voice is a little... Um, sketchy, so <laughs> pray that I don't lose my voice over the next 30 minutes or so. Amen? Amen. So um, just to give you kind of an overview of what the class is going to look like, um, tonight I'm just going to give you an introduction and kind of a look at Bible study in general and why it's important. And then over the next two weeks, um, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into um, hermeneutics and biblical exegesis, which deal with interpretation of biblical texts. And I just saw some of you like, that was a lot of big words. <laughs> um, but basically, next week, we're going to deal primarily with Bible translation. Um, a lot of you, probably one of the biggest questions you want to know is, what is the translation of the Bible I should be reading? What's the best translation of the Bible? That's something that we're going to talk about. Um, week three, we'll talk a lot about historical context, how to understand the time frame that the Bible was written in, yeah, you, how to understand the authors and the culture that is behind um, the scriptures. And then in week four, we'll wrap everything up, summarize what we've learned, and I'll give you some ideas 
um, and kind of a basic walkthrough of some things you can do when studying the Bible. Um, now, I know that I threw some crazy words at you a second ago when I said hermeneutics and biblical exegesis, but I don't want you to be scared. Um, I don't want you to be intimidated because truly the purpose of this class is going to be to help you understand. I don't want you to feel like you, you, know, you need to be some biblical scholar to, to stick with this class. I want to help you understand. Um, so it's just going to be a very high-level overview um, of those topics. And like I mentioned, my goal each week is going to be to give you some practical tools and resources that you can use each day um, when you're digging into your Bible study time. Amen. So um, let's go ahead and get started on what we're going to discuss tonight. But actually, before I do that, um, just to explain the note cards. Everyone has a note card, correct? Brother Seth? Brother Bryce, you want to help me? Or? Okay. Raise your hand and Brother Jordan will <laughs> bring you a note card if you don't have one. Amen. So basically these cards, you'll get a card each week. Um, these are going to be your question cards. Now, just to be clear, I want this class to be open for discussion, so if you have a question at any point when I'm going along, feel free to raise your hand and ask it right then. I don't have a problem um, stopping and, and trying to address that. But, you know, I've been in classes before. I know that sometimes um, maybe you might have a question that you don't feel comfortable sharing with everybody. That's what these cards are for. So um, hopefully you have a pen. If not, one of your neighbors probably has a pen. Um, but what you'll want to do, if you have a, a question you're not comfortable sharing out loud, you can write it on that card anonymously. Um, and then the next week, I will try and answer those questions for you. If it's something more personal that you'd like to talk to me about directly, just put your name on it and I'll come see you about it. Um, and then at the end of each class, what we're going to do is I'm going to have each person bring their card and put it face down at the altar up here, even if you didn't write anything on it. So whether it's blank or whether you have a question, everyone's going to come lay their card face down. That way it's completely anonymous if that's how you want it to be. Um, and we can get some of those questions out of the way. Does that make sense? Okay. Amen. Um, anybody have any questions so far? No? All right. Um, so I want to start this week off with some questions to get the ball rolling. So these are going to be five questions, all true or false. So 50% chance. Amen. <laughs> true or false. So if you think it's true... I want you to hold up one finger, okay? And if you think it's false, I want you to hold up two fingers, all right? So true, false. Everybody got it? All right, question one. True or false, KJV or King James Version is the best translation of the Bible? True or false, KJV is the best translation of the Bible? I'm waiting until I see all the fingers. All right. Pretty much exactly what I expected. Um, I'm not going to give you an answer right now. Uh, <laughs> question two, true or false? Only teachers, preachers, and scholars need to know how to study the Bible. True or false? Only teachers, preachers, and scholars need to know how to study the Bible. Good job, good job. 
All right. Question three, true or false? The only thing that I need to receive direction from God is prayer. The only thing that I need to receive direction from God is prayer. True or false? All right. Question four. True or false? I can effectively live for God without studying the Bible. Very good, very good. And last question, true or false? I can understand the Bible without knowing history. I can understand the Bible without knowing history. <laughs> Some of you are like. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you've picked up on the pattern by now, but all those answers were false. Yeah, some of you are probably like, oh, did not expect that, especially the first one, right? So, I wanted to start this class off by giving you five extremely common misconceptions that people have about the Bible. And those misconceptions, again, now don't throw stones at me, okay? I'm going to explain this as we go along. But those five misconceptions, very common, no doubt many of us, have thought at least one of these, or maybe even all of these at some point. But these are very common things that people think. Again, those misconceptions are that King James is the best translation of the Bible, that only teachers, preachers, and scholars need to know how to study the Bible, um, that the only thing we need to receive direction from God is prayer, that we can effectively live for God without studying the Bible, and that we can understand the Bible without knowing history. Now, some of you are probably a little shocked, and I gave you a warning that this class might challenge some beliefs that you've held on to for a long time. And, you know, my intention isn't to offend you, but I want to broaden your horizons and open your understanding, right? Um, so some of those things may come as a surprise, and we are going to address those things specifically, especially the King James one, because I know that's probably the one everyone is like, can't believe you just said that. We'll talk about it um, in depth throughout the next four weeks. And again, I'm going to reiterate, if we can move beyond our own prejudices and our own ideas, lay those things aside in pursuit of truth and understanding, right, that's when our um, perception of the word can really change and really take us to new levels in our relationship with God. Amen? Amen. Um, so now that we've talked about five common misconceptions about the Bible, I want to give you five reasons why Bible study is important. And that's how we're going to wrap up tonight. Now, <laughs> um, I'm not naive. I realize that all of you signed up for a class on how to study the Bible, right? So I know, or at least I hope, to an extent, you all understand that Bible study is important, right? Um, but I want to just start this series off with that foundation, with a little reminder of why it's so vital, right? Not to just read the Word, but to study the Word. Amen. So the number one reason why Bible study is, Im is important is that it helps us discover truth. It helps us discover truth. If you have your Bibles, um, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, 
verse 14. Ephesians 6, 14. Does anyone want to read? Brother Pete? Amen. So this is talking about the armor of God. Um, most likely all of us are familiar with this. So the belt of truth is the very first part of the armor of God that Paul mentions. He could have mentioned the breastplate of righteousness first, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, any of those things. But Paul, the first thing that he talks about when it comes to the armor of God was the belt of truth. Um, and that's not an accident. It's very intentional. Um, in ancient times, if you studied the armor of the Romans, the belt is what held the scabbard, which is where the, the sword was kept in times of battle. So you can look at it this way. A soldier entering the battlefield without a belt was really entering without a weapon. All right? So that's why it was so important. The belt also had strips of leather that came down and protected the lower body. So the reason that Paul mentions truth first is that truth secures all the other pieces of our armor. Truth secures everything else. It's the core of everything. And if we don't prioritize truth in our spiritual walks, we may as well be entering the battle defenseless. Truth is of the utmost importance. Um, let's read 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21. First Thessalonians 5:21. Anyone? Brother Jordan? Prove all things. In other words, test all things. Test everything. For what? Paul was saying, test everything in life, everything, and only hold fast to those things that are good or those things that are true. Hold, test everything, but only hold fast to the true things. Let's read Proverbs 3, verses 3 through 4. Proverbs 3, 3 through 4. Reader? Sister Lynn? You can read whatever version you'd like. Is there anybody in here who wants the favor of God? I know I do, right? We all desire the favor of God. Well, Solomon said, if you want the favor of the Lord, hold fast to truth. Hold fast to truth. So the very first reason Bible study is important is it enables you to discover truth. Amen? Second reason it's important is that it helps us combat confusion. Um, Second Peter Chapter 3, verses 15 through 16. And I'm going to read this out of the NIV. 2 Peter 3, 
verses 15 through 16. And this is speaking of Paul. said, Paul writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. So what this scripture tells us is that even in Paul's time, people misinterpreted scripture, right? It says, let's see, ignorant and unstable people distorted Paul's writings as they did the other scriptures. Now, ignorant does not mean stupid. It simply means unlearned, right? They didn't know any better. So we have an obligation to learn to not be unlearned people, right? We have this obligation to learn how to study biblical texts because like that scripture says, a failure to do so can and will lead to our own destruction. That's that's harsh language. We have that obligation. We can't rely solely on church leadership to teach us. I want you to hear that. We can't just rely on church leadership. There has to be a personal commitment to Bible study. If the only time we're studying the word is when we're coming into the doors of this church, then we are failing, and we've got to make some commitments to do better. Amen? David said in Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's one of my favorite scriptures. I quote it all the time. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If you study the Bible in general, you know the stories of the Bible, one of the things you will know or find out very quickly is that Satan knows the Word of God. Satan knows the Word of God. And because he knows the Word of God, he will try to use it against you. He will try to use it against you, and that's why you better know it yourself. Amen? Amen. Look at the Garden of Eden. What did did Satan do to try to convince Eve to eat the fruit? Right. He, he made her question. He made her doubt. Did God really say that? Surely he meant this, right? Look at Jesus in the wilderness. How did Satan tempt him? By twisting scripture, right? And how did Jesus respond? By quoting scripture back to him. If you don't hide the word in your heart, It will be very easy for Satan to cause you to doubt. Very easy. You will easily fall prey to his schemes. You will easily fall prey to temptation. But when you cherish the word, when you know the word, all you have to do is quote it, and Satan knows that he's lost the battle. It's really that simple. We better hide the word in our heart, amen, because it helps us combat confusion. The third thing that Bible study does is it allows us to hear the voice of God. Simple, but I think we overlook this. See, I think that it's the innermost desire of all of God's children to know him, to understand him, right? That's really what this is all about, is knowing God. I don't want to just go through the motions. I want to know him. I want to have a relationship with him, right? So in the Old Testament, God spoke directly to man. That was the way that he dealt with mankind a lot. Um, He spoke to Moses from a burning bush, right? He led him up to Mount Sinai and gave him the Ten Commandments and allowed him to see his glory. 
Now raise your hand if God has ever spoken to you from a burning bush. Has anybody ever been walking around Flint and God audibly spoke to you through burning vegetation? Raise your hand. I didn't think so. I didn't think so, right? Now, I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's not exactly likely, right? We live in a different age. We live in a different dispensation, right? God deals with with us through the Holy Ghost, so he doesn't talk to us audibly very often, right? So how do we hear God in this day and age? How do we, exactly, we hear the voice of God through the word. It's through the word. Let's read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Anybody want to read? 16 and 17. Chapter 3, 16 and 17. Nice and loud. So it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now that phrase, is given, comes from a Greek word, theonoustos, which means God breathed. Everybody take a deep breath in and out. Paul said, scripture is breathed out by God. That's amazing. Scripture is breathed out by God. So if you need to hear the voice of God, if you are struggling, if you have questions, if you need direction, go to the Word. Go to the Word. It is His divine expressed thought. You may not hear God in a burning bush in our day and age, but you will hear His voice through His Word. Amen? See, we, most of us have prayer down. We're apostolics, all right? We know how to jump and clap and spit and pray and praise. We, we know how to do that. We know how to talk. We know how to ask, right? But few of us know how to listen, and that's the truth. We don't have a problem praying. We have a problem listening. We don't give God the chance to answer or to speak back to us because we don't study his word. It's more, living for God is more than just prayer. That's part of it. But if you really want to hear the voice of God and if you really want the direction of God, you've got to get into the word. It's that simple. Amen? Amen. The fourth reason Bible study is important is that it equips us to be an effective witness or soul winner. Matthew 28:19 Matthew 28:19 Very familiar scripture. Most of us can probably quote it. A good oneness scripture. Amen. Anyone want to read? Brother Tyler
Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Notice it doesn't say preach to all nations. So don't think you can't evangelize if you're not a preacher. Amen? This is Jesus' last command to mankind. He got his disciples together. He said, I've mentored you. I've taught you. Now I want you to go and reach everybody. Right? But that wasn't just a mandate to the disciples. It was a mandate to all of us, all children of God. It's not just the pastor's job to win souls. I want you to hear that. It's not just the pastor's job to win souls. It's not just the youth leader's job to have revival. It's not just the Sunday school teacher's job or, or you know, anybody's job. It's all of our jobs, right? That commandment is for all of us, each and every one of us. Romans 10, verses 13 through 14. Romans 10, 13 through 14. says, I'm reading out of a different translation here, how can they call on God to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? How can they hear? Our job is to reach the world. How will they hear unless someone tells them? Whose job is it to teach them? According to Jesus, it's ours. It's not just reserved for ministry. You don't have to have a position in the church to win the lost. Amen? How can we teach what we don't know? Yes, we can reach people with our testimonies. Absolutely. Your testimony is the most powerful weapon you have. But beyond just testifying about the goodness of God, we are called to be truth bearers. We are called to be teachers, right? We can't teach what we don't know. We need to be in the Word. There's an old saying, you may not be able to reach everybody, but you can reach somebody. Amen? But listen, you can't reach them without the Word. You can't reach them without the Word. Now, our goal, hear me out, our goal isn't just to see people repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. That's, that's not our only goal. But that's awesome, amen? That's important. That's absolutely necessary for salvation, but that's step one. That's step one. There's more that comes beyond that, right? We have a responsibility to disciple people. We have a responsibility to teach people, to help them grow in the Lord. That is only possible when we know the word, amen? It goes beyond those three steps. We need to be teaching people, leading people, helping them grow. And we can only do that if we have the word in our hearts. Amen? Amen. And the last reason why Bible study is important is that it helps us rightly divide the word. Helps us rightly divide the word. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. 2 Peter 2, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read this out of the NIV. It says, But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. 
They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. And their greed, these teachers, will exploit you with fabricated stories. The simple truth is that the word of God can be difficult to understand. Amen? If we're being honest, it can be difficult to understand. Besides the language barrier, besides issues of translation, the Bible says great is the mystery of godliness. It's a great mystery. It's difficult to understand. And then you add sin into the mix. The Bible also said God told Cain that sin creeps at the door. Sin, it's like sin is just waiting for you to walk out of your house so it can latch itself onto you, right? That's the world that we live in. Um, so people are always going to try to manipulate the word of God for their own selfish purposes. Now, sometimes it truly is selfish and evil, but sometimes people manipulate the word of God without even knowing that they're doing it just because they don't understand, right? The only defense against false teaching is the truth. The last days are going to bring prophets and false teachers, and you will fall prey to them unless you know the truth. Each of us has a personal responsibility to find it. Amen? You know, I really think that sometimes we have this idea that we're going to get to heaven on judgment day and make excuses for our actions by placing the blame on other people. We re it blows my mind that we, we really think this, but it's the truth. You know, we think we excuse our actions because we think that we're going to get to heaven and say, oh, well, you know, God, but that, that person taught me that thing that was wrong, so that's why I did it. Or this person taught me this thing, and, and that's why I went that direction. Now, false teachers and false prophets will face their own judgment, but understand that those of us who handle the truth carelessly will also face our own judgment. We, it's a personal responsibility. If we fall prey to false prophets, that's on us. Yes, they will have their own judgment, but we better know the word. We better protect ourselves. We better do what we can to make sure that we have the truth. Amen? Amen. We have to be able to rightly divide the word. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Um, now I'll be honest with you, I hate that translation of rightly divide. It's not, a, it's not a very good translation, and for the life of me, I don't know why they chose that. Um, a more accurate translation would be keep straight. So keep straight the word of truth. Keep straight the same way a steersman or a helmsman of a ship would keep the vessel on course. Keep straight the word of truth. See, Paul was reminding Timothy that the truth was the most important thing. It's the most important thing. He was telling him, Timothy, if you want to stay on course, if you want to do right, in the eyes of God, it starts with keeping the truth straight. 
that's priority number one. The only way to keep the truth straight is by knowing the word, is by studying the word. Many people read the Bible, but few know what they're actually reading. Who here has the Bible on their smartphone? Most of us, right? Um, if you don't, I recommend that you get it, because technology is awesome. Technology has given us so many amazing capabilities. Um, who here, does anyone know if you have the version app of the Bible? Okay, if not, I recommend you get on your smartphone, go to the App Store, and download. Just search version. Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. Um, the reason I say that is because that app in particular um, gives you the ability to complete Bible plans and devotionals on your phone and track the progress, and it's awesome. Has anyone ever done that? Um, so that's an awesome thing. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I do it. But the truth is that many of us just skim through our daily reading and devotionals just to get that green check mark, right? Or maybe you don't have it on your smartphone. Maybe you do your Bible reading through another plan, and maybe you're just skimming through that reading to get it done for the day, right? I'm sure all of us have fallen into that habit before. Um, so we just do our reading to do our reading, but at the end of the day, we've barely even scratched the surface of what God is really trying to say to us, and that's such a shame. Um, kind of to wrap it up here, in the Old Testament, one of the pieces of furniture in the inner court was the table of showbread. Um, I love the tabernacle. This is probably my favorite thing about the tabernacle. So the priests would eat of this bread as they were performing their job in the tabernacle. And to a normal person, this bread would not be appetizing. Why? Because the outside of the bread was sprinkled with frankincense. Now, most of us recognize the word frankincense, right? It was one of the gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus. But the reason they brought it to Jesus was not because it tasted good right? They actually brought it to Jesus because at that time it was a very fragrant substance. It was used as an incense, not really to eat. Um, so the reason it's so significant on this bread is because it had a very bitter taste. It was very bitter, not appetizing at all. So if you were to pick up that show bread and just take a little lick off the top, you'd be like, ugh. Like you would want nothing to do with it. You'd throw it away, cast it to the side, you'd be absolutely disgusted. Um, probably want to say, give me something else. This is garbage, right? Um, because the surface was very bitter. And the truth is that the Word of God is the same way sometimes. You know, on the surface, it can be bitter. On the surface, it may hurt us. It may make us uncomfortable. It may step on our toes a little bit. And because of that, sometimes we don't bother to venture deeper because we don't like what's on the surface, because it's bitter, because it pricks our hearts. So we stick with this bitter surface-level experience with the Word of God that ultimately leaves us hungry. It doesn't fill us. We're just licking off this bitter stuff off the top, but it's not filling us. It's not doing the job that God intended it to do. But if we could just see past the frankincense, if we could just 
get in the habit of going deeper, right? We'll find ourselves nourished by the bread of life. Amen? Amen. So often we hunger after the things of this world, and I truly think it's because we live on the surface of God's word. We wonder why we're tempted. We wonder why we fall into Satan's traps. It's because we're living on the surface. We're not going deeper, and so we're spiritually hungry. Jesus said in John 6:35, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. I don't want to hunger, amen? Amen. I, wanna, I don't want to thirst. I want to be full of the bread of life, amen? The only way to do that is to get into the word, and that's what we're going to be talking about the next couple of weeks. So I hope that you stick with it. Um, like I said, I'm, my goal is to give you practical resources. Um, as a matter of fact, one thing that I will tell you um, right now that I will probably talk about quite a bit next week, if you have a smartphone, I want you, it, you, you might not be able to download it now, but at least write this down. There's an app called Blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible. And that's one resource that I'll be talking about a lot next week. If you have a um, concordance of the Bible, go ahead and bring that next week as well because we're going to talk a lot about that. Amen? So that's all I have for you tonight. Uh, thank you so much for coming. Before I have you bring your cards up, does anybody have any comments or questions about anything that we've talked about tonight or maybe even um, some of the, the topics we might cover or anything like that? So my, my answer, and you will not like this answer, but I will explain it next week, is I don't believe there is a best translation. I think that all translations have their strengths and their weaknesses. And I think one of the things that cripples us as Christians is that we tie ourselves to one translation that a lot of times most of us don't even understand. Any other questions? But trust me, I will dig into that quite a bit next week. Yes. Now, I'm, let me be clear, too. I'm, yes. I, let me be clear, too. I'm not, absolutely not saying that King James is a bad translation of the Bible. King James is my preferred translation of the Bible. So let me be clear. But I am saying that there is a benefit to using other translations. And we will talk very much in depth about translations next week. And that's one of the reasons I'm telling you to download that app as well. Blue Letter Bible. Yeah, that looks right. Blue Letter Bible. Give me a chance. I will explain next week, I promise. <laughs> Any other questions? No? All right. Well, it sounds like the classes are maybe still going on, so feel free to visit amongst yourselves, but let's not go kick them all out of youth and super church. Oh, yes. Um, if you have a question that you didn't feel comfortable asking out loud, write it on that card. I'm going to have everyone before you leave come and put your card face down, even if you didn't write anything on it. All right?
Yeah, the New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Yeah. Yep, that's, that's what I'll tell you next week. <laughs> Pretty much. That's, that's what the app is for. Any other questions? No? Anyone else? All right. Well, thank you for coming. Have a good night, everybody.